I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild, wild to a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringer. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box to Duffy. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. We have a, another loss to talk about, but there's a heap load of positives to take from it for the first time in a long time. Um, so hopefully you'll see some more smiles today than you usually do, I, I expect. Um, and then we'll talk about QPR and we'll maybe start somewhere else. But let's, let's see who's with us first of all. Mick, how are you doing? I'm all good, mate. Are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. And Joy's back. How are you doing, Joy? I'm fine, thanks. Looking forward to home match this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you everyone for with us. We will come on to the Ipswich game in a minute. Let us sort of tick off the Alan Stubbs talk from this from today. I what I've done is that we we've tweeted out a clip earlier, and I've put the clip. We're going to play the clip for everybody, and the reason is just because some people in here may not have seen social media today and things such as that. So the context is Alan Stubbs has done a an interview with a Scouse podcast. I, can't, I should find the name because I'm going to use their clip. I will find their name. Uh, and he was talking about his time at Rotherham, briefly talked about his time at Rotherham United. Um, surprise, surprise, he didn't speak very highly of us. <laughs> um, but there's a particular clip that social media has picked up on and we're going to play it, we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to, I don't know. Right, it's, it's about a minute long. We'll see you in a minute. Afternoon, I was on the way, way home from trainer and he was like, Alan, Lee Gregory, do you want to sign him? And he was as good as what we could, you could afford. Mm. And he was probably ideal for what we wanted to do. I went, yeah, if you can do it, great. He said, okay, I'm going to do it. And two minutes later, I got a phone call from the chief executive. Alan, we can't do this. This could ru- financially ruin the club. And I'm like, I've got no problem. If you mm. can do it, do it. If you can't, you can't. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. But I've had the chairman ring me up and say, He's going to do it. Mm. So anyway, he said, okay, I'll speak to you tomorrow. So anyway, gone in the following day, not knowing anything mm. anything from it. Um, and he's gone. So the 
the chief executive Paul has gone to me. Alan really sorry about yesterday. He said um, the chairman was in the golf club, had a few wines with his friends, and was giving it the big I am. And he said, but we we know we can't do it, and that's what you yeah. were dealing. with. Alan Stubbs, everybody. Probably the only time that we'll get Alan Stubbs on the podcast. It's from more than a game. It's like a two and a half hour show that they've done. Uh, so if you want a bit more Alan Stubbs, I don't know, but you might want two more Alan Stubbs. There is two and a half hours worth of it. Um, yeah, Nathan Crashley, more than the game, yeah. Um, I haven't listened to all, but listen to most of it. It looks like a really good interview in general, but then obviously there's the Rotherham United bit. Um, I'll come to you first, Joy. It doesn't look great, that. Now, all we can do is take Stubbs at his word. That's all we can do, because that, that's what he sort of said. Um, what are your thoughts and feelings towards that, that, that part of it? I mean, I've seen the little bit more than that from mm. that podcast there's a little bit before that and a little bit half afterwards when mm. uh, he's talking about and the stuff that he raises is stuff that we've all been discussing relatively recently as well they were raised by uh, Matt Taylor about the training facilities etc and comments that have been made uh, across the board from various managers since Alan Stubbs I would suggest as well so I don't think what he said in that is anything new I don't think we're surprised to hear about uh, Tony's Bacchanalian excesses, are we, and uh, what goes on at the golf club. Um, I don't think any of us are surprised about that, to be honest. And let's be honest, it is his club. True. Uh, I suppose, in one sense, a positive negative you could take from this is that there are checks and balances on Mr Stewart's excesses. Mm. Uh, in the form of Mr. Douglas, uh, you know, oh, Ford. We oh. lost um, <laughs> You went then. <laughs> yeah, put a shilling at me uh, that we can't afford to, you know, sign Lee Gregory. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, is it? Like, I mean, I'm asking you guys. Are you shocked? In, no. in all honesty, are you shocked at anything that was in that? He's not saying anything that we weren't we weren't aware of. I mean, this is going back to 2016. Yeah. I think the key thing is that things don't appear to have changed much since mm. 2016. And that's probably the yeah. more the cause for concern than anything else, I would suggest. Mm. Yeah, the Paul Douglas thing is something that people, people often ask. Sometimes in the comments, what does Paul Douglas do? Well, there's one thing that he does. He sort of keeps, he sort of checks Tony Stewart's mad moments, I would say. Um, you often see, Mick, when you, if a guy's made loads and loads of money, he's going to be a bit eccentric. He's going to do things mm-hmm. away. There's going to be a bit of arrogance about him because most millionaires are like that, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, look, it doesn't look great. I don't know why Alan Stubbs has waited eight years to come out with it, to be honest with you. This is the first I've heard of this story, which is, I don't really get. Um, but at the same time, he's got no real reason to lie at this point about it. So we don't know. Thoughts? Well, I'm not. There's, there's no suggestion that he's lying about it, is there? No. Oh, uh, so. there's, there's no suggestion whatsoever. Um, you know, the headline perhaps is "Crap Manager Blames Crap Club for Sacking Him." You know, it's, what what what's new in any of that? Um, and and I'm, I'm with Joy. I agree with Joy 100. You know the the. And I agree with what you said there as well. He's an eccentric man. Yeah, and and maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't know. Maybe I should. I don't. I'm going to say it anyway. You know, you, you need to look at the way he dresses. You know, he is an eccentric. 
Um, and he's every right to be an eccentric because he's worked hard all his life and he's made, made millions of pounds. Why should anybody begrudge him that? Um, you know, it's, it, and, and I don't want to be, I don't want to, I'll get criticised for this as well, but he's saved the club. You know, he's brought us back home. He's brought us, he's brought us the stadium and everything else. He's kept us going and he's kept us sustainable. He's not pushed us on. And yes, there are parts of it that are amateurish in terms of the football league or football, the way a football club is run. Um, but there's someone, at least one person, probably more now with uh, with Andy Scott in, in the position that he's in. Rob, Rob Scott, sorry, um, keeping him in check. You know, um, and, not, and it's quite clear that Tony Stewart respects those people and listens to those people, um, and those are the people. Paul Douglas, particularly over the last few years, are probably ones that have kept us on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, not not had us spending stupid money on players like Lee Gregory, for God's sake. Um, you know, because that would have been stupid money on on a bang average player. So, yeah, like I said, headline is crap manager calls out club that's acting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the the main issue is that we seem to be in a similar situation now. There's similar stories pop up occasionally. What I would say to kind of defend the club is that what seems to have happened is there's been a man put in place to do the football side of things, Rob Scott. So this shouldn't happen in future where you get the chairman ringing up and saying, I'm going to sign this guy because Rob Scott's in that position. We've all been asking for change. or We've all been suggesting change. Some people have been demanding change. We now have that change. And it's only happened a month or two or three ago. So what I would say to anybody that's sort of kicking off saying that we haven't changed, well, let's see if this change works because this is what we've asked for. And then if we're still if we're still getting the same kind of situation a year later, then there's obviously more questions to ask. But I think the promotion of Rob Scott to to football is a change we've all been suggesting and asking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's wait and see. It doesn't look good, but that's where we are, I suppose. I don't agree with that, Matt. Well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look anything for me. Well, it doesn't look good. But to sum up what Alan Stubbs has said, Alan Stubbs is saying that a bloke rang him up who had a few beers and were a bit drunk and said he's going to sign this guy even though he couldn't afford to do it. That doesn't look good in, if you frame it like that, which is how yeah. Alan Stubbs has tried to frame it. Yeah, uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. it benefits him, I mean, doesn't it? I think another issue is this. It's talking about Tony Stewart making these decisions. Yes, I agree. He's an eccentric. He has put. He has saved the club. He's put a lot of money in there. Uh, it has, but he does have his excesses. I mean, after the Leeds game, that interview was yeah. makers look yeah. a bit foolish, didn't it? And mm. this is a theme, isn't it? It's a continuation of that theme. So, mm. I mean, he obviously is a hail fellow, well met type of guy. Uh, and he likes that sort of thing and the golfing mm. aspect of it and the social side of it. I have heard similar stories as well about him when uh, from away matches and how he's, you know, he's got his big cigar, cigar and his glass of red wine. That's not something, I mean, I've heard that on more than one occasion yeah. from various people. We're not Rotherham supporters, but are supporters of other clubs. And I said, oh, I met your uh, chairman in uh, hospitality. Oh, he's a cracking fellow, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> and he comes across as a very avuncular mm. chap, you know, that people seem to like uh, in that sort of social environment but it doesn't necessarily always follow when you're in your cups that you need to be making decisions about signing football players and like you say mm. Rob Scott's uh, very late uh, role uh, as a director of football can hopefully 
only be a positive in the checks and balances on Mr. Stewart's likely or possible excesses going forward. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I might have noticed that's why we're discussing this irrelevance. Good point. It seems, well, it's about our club, isn't it? We're a podcast about Rotherham United. It's about Rotherham United. We've got to cover these kind of things. Um, yeah, so uh, Sarah Glisser, based on what I've heard recently, she's not surprised at it at all. Shell stud. I think we're having a fight on stubs. That's yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Harry said the thing is that I didn't, I didn't like he said he was relieved when he was sacked, which says something when you're joint worth manager in this. So, yeah, Alan Stubbs, if you listen to the full Alan Stubbs, it doesn't come out of it great. He didn't do his research before, before uh, uh, agreed to join a club when he knew what the training, he should have known what the training ground was like. He complained about the training facilities, which we all know, but he complained about them, but then still joined the club. Um, Alan Stubbs doesn't come out of it, doesn't come out of it any better than anybody else, but that's where we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's on there. Um, as I mentioned, if you want to go watch it a bit more, let me get the name of the podcast again because I forgot already. More than a game, it's just on YouTube. Um, if you go to tw- two hours twenty-five in after you've watched this podcast, obviously. Um, well, the only thing I would say t- to supporters is you cannot, you can't go on social media and call Alan Stubbs for being the worst manager we've ever had. Compare the worst performances we've ever done, or uh, the, the bad performances we put in to, our, to the Alan Stubbs era, and then start compl- and then start using Alan Stubbs as, the, as a weapon against the, 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 the chairman. Now you can't do that. That's not allowed because what that other? makes sense. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, football. Let's talk about football yes. because there was a brilliant game on Tuesday night, an absolutely brilliant game. Um, it was just a bit of chaos, Joe. We'll talk about the specifics in a minute. But it was just chaos. And it's kind of, again, something we've been asking for, that if we're going to lose, let's just going to have some fun. Let's just make it a bit mad. Yeah, we might concede four, but we're going to win some of these games. And I, I came, I was gutted, obviously, at the end. But I was really, really happy and really satisfied with the performance and how it went, to be honest with you. Couldn't agree more. It's like I've got my Rotherham United back. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I watched it and it was smiling. And like, at the end, it was like gutting, but typically mm. Rotherham United, wasn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, and, we, and we did play some good football and mm. they were running scared. They were scared in that second yeah. half. I mean, I think probably that's the best 45 minutes we put together all season. Uh, mm. I would argue, um, and it was it was fun. I mean, and I, I've said previously. I mean, I, I've thought for the past three, four weeks since Uddersfield won and pulled away that you know the big R word is likely to be happening come May. Mm. But in the meantime, let's have some pride, let's have some passion, and let's have some fun in the remaining games. And we've not had that until Tuesday night, and then only forty-five minutes of it. But the lads were let off the leash and they did well. The other yeah. thing as well, I think what is interesting is it was starting to be more of a cohesive unit. Now the yeah. uh, missing players are coming back, I would yeah. argue as well. You yeah. know, that they're, they're having a big impact, I would imagine, on the team because the, the team seems refreshed, rejuvenated, and there's some passion there. And it was yeah. fun to watch, if not gutting. Mm. Yeah, it was impressive because from, from the start, that the first goal comes from the press, yeah. and that press was brutal. It wasn't just a press; it was press on their on their goal line. It was literally on the on the mm. on the the bar, uh, not the bar line. What's it called? Goal line. Is it called the goal line when it's not in the goal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's it's on the eight, outside the eighteen yard box, wasn't it? The circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but that's what you do. And their keeper, their keeper had a stinker. We'll maybe come on to that in a minute. Their keeper had an absolute stinker. But there was, it's what we've been again, what we've been asking for. We've been asking for a press for about 18 months. That was a proper press from minute one. Yeah, it was. And, and Ipswich have been, have been flying high all season. Been flying high all season with a young, positive manager who likes to play out from the back. And we proved to them that they're not good enough to do it. And I keep saying it time and time again. You know, very few clubs in this division are good enough to do it consistently for 90 minutes. They weren't good enough to do it for 15 out of the 90 minutes, you know? Um, so so um, um, that's what we want, please. If we could if we could play like that, if we could set up like that for the rest of this season, then we're gonna bloody some noses because that was it was very, very, very good. Mm. Bar 20 minutes where we had a bit of a brain fart, as you said, as you you the phrase you you used, I think, whenever it was in one post match, and and we did. Um with the, with the exception of that, we were we were the better side. We were the better side, particularly that second half. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, and like Joey said, obviously the, the, the last two minutes were gutting, but it was very typical of Rotherham United this season. Yeah. Uh, unlike the performance, which wasn't. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It started to join with... It started with two Yugle and Eves up top, which shocked everybody, I think. Um, but Eves, Tom Eves, his goals to minutes ratio must be one of the best in the division. That's three goals now in I don't know how many minutes, not many. Um, and it was a really calm, cool thing. You don't necessarily associate that kind of finish with Tom Eves, but it was really cool, a, nice, a really cool, nice finish. Yeah, I mean, he sort of stroked it into the uh, far corner, didn't he? It was well-placed, and mm. the, the build-up to it was really good as well. Like you said, mm. the press would run the ball back, straight out, and then Hugill, wasn't it, that set him up? It was Hugill, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway. Lucas, I know. It's, I, I mean, it's like in two minutes, I'd not even sort of sat down and started really watching it. I'm like, oh, what happened there? Lucas, you know, yes, yeah, out of the blue. I mean, like within ten minutes, normal service was resumed. <laughs> but for that short, you know, for that first ten minutes or so, we, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the shock of it mm. for one thing. Yeah. But, uh, like we said, normal services resume. Um, but we did, you know, it, it was a pleasure to see my team back, mm. see my Rotherham United playing like my Rotherham United. Mm. And yeah. I felt actually uh, like a supporter again, rather than somebody who was sat there whinging, waiting for the inevitable to happen. Yeah, I know it did happen, but what mm. happened in between was positive. And like you say, Mick, if we can carry on like that, we are going to bloody some noses. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, the teams that we've got to play coming up are, are, are in the bottom half rather than the top half. Yeah. Having said that, we seem to play better against the top half. Yeah. As perverse as it may seem, but let's see what yeah. happens. And mm. Use that as the template going forward. Mm. 100%. The Ipswich Town fan says, first half, uh, they should have been out of the sight and it was a total reverse in the second half. Yeah, he says, yes, we definitely deserve something. Uh, it was a relief that they won. Shows that when you're 3-1 up, the game is never over, even against the bottom of the league. I'd add to that. Um, we've got some comments. Phil says, brilliant, 45 minutes. Henry, Henry Hammer says, it was a proper game of football. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, they all come to the defender, Nathan, said we played well apart from the poor defending, which we will talk about. Um... Yeah, those few minutes, Mick, they were lovely. When you were winning, winning away at Ipswich for, for like eight minutes or whatever it was. 
Mm. Um, and we weren't bad until the actual first goal. We didn't. We weren't that bad. It's not like we were conceding shots left, right, and centre, and then they scored. When they scored, it then got silly. But up until mm. the goal, we we were all right for that very brief period of time. Yeah, and we conceded because of poor team selection, didn't we? I think ultimately, you know, yeah. you've got you've got pelts on playing playing left, left back, left wing back. Just madness, absolute madness. When you've got a team that's got the pace that Ipswich has got, particularly down there, right hand side, um, I think Liam Richardson got that wrong, and, and he put that right, uh, bringing Sariki on um, and moving Kyoso across there. But it was too late by then. Yeah. Um, had had he started that way, then it might have been a different matter altogether. Um, but uh, we got no pace down that side, and 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 Pelts was always going to get, he was always going to get hammered. Um, and, I, and I'm disappointed that Liam Richardson didn't see that really from the start. Um, you know, even if he just swapped Pelts and Cam Humphreys over, you know, to give us that little bit of pace on that left, because Cam Humphreys would have would have been able to do a much much better job than Pelts was able to do. And that's not a criticism of Lee Peltier in any way. You know, he's a thirty odd year old bloke. He's he's not going to have. He's you know, I'm sure he's never been a particularly pacey um, centre half. Um, so yeah, that 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 side of it was was disappointing. And um, had he had he just spotted that earlier, I think possibly the result might have been different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the the mad time, Joy. The first goal was a bit sloppy, but then the next two. Well, the first one was the one where they were clearing for offside. Even though was it Hacks or Kyoto were like three yeah, yards behind them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it showed Chuck Lucas in at left wing back. And obviously Pelts left like makes us left to centre centre with three. There were times in that game where it looked like they'd never played together for the, in that twenty minute period or whatever it was. And that first goal just sort of summed it up that nobody kind of knew where they were, and it was just a, just a complete mess that first goal. Well, they all were, but especially the first one. Yeah, I mean the first one. Yeah, I mean the defending was well. It's uh, to say it was schoolboy defending is not fair on schoolboys, but <laughs> I agree with me. You know we we. You know, you you put in a what thirty seven, thirty eight year old guy on the right against young, speedy, pacey front wingers, and he had no chance. You know, they were inside out of him before. You know, you could even turn round. Um, mm. And like you say, Liam Richardson didn't pick up on that quick enough, did he? No. I, I mean, and, and like it was bang, bang. What was it? Two, three minutes between the goals. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah, and and then obviously we calmed down a little bit in the run up, and then literally just before half time we get the third goal going in, and that just to me that was the killer. Thinking, mm. oh, you know, let me yeah. just deflate my balloons <laughs> after such an auspicious start. But, but I mean, that it was just typical of the way we've played this season. We we have these like. 10 minute spells where we're quite good, very good in some cases, and then 20 minutes when we're absolutely abysmal. Mm. And, he, and I think Liam Richardson has developed our defensive capabilities somewhat since Matt Taylor left, to be honest. We don't mm. seem to be as wide open, but we were. But then mm. again, are we doing a disservice to Ipswich and the fact that they are in quite a lofty position? They wouldn't be in that position if they couldn't unpick. Defences like, well, we just left the doors open, but if they mm. didn't have the skill to book on pick defences anyway. So, 
It's a bit of a moot point in one sense. They would have expected, I would imagine, to be 3 1 up at half time, given the yeah. respective positions. And I suspect anybody on the outside looking in would, would not have been surprised to three, see a 3 1 half time score in that game, hmm. including myself, no. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shelley says the problem is why is the performance come now? That's the most baffling mm-hmm. part. Liam Richard hasn't bothered until Tuesday. We've been crying out for that performance. My only defence would be that Lee Rich is still learning about these players. That's the only defence that I can put towards it and sort of saying he's still learning what, what what they can do, what they can't do. Um, he's close in a weakness in Ipswich, where if you press them, they struggle, and he nailed it. If it if that was Lee Richardson picking out their weakness, he's nailed that because they struggled all, all game long. Um, again, but, that's, that's, that's me just trying to defend him a little bit. Go on, Mick. Uh, well, the argument would be that just about every single team in this division's weakness is playing out from the back, and it is. True. It is, with the exception of probably Leicester. Even Leeds are susceptible to it. Yeah. You know, none of them. Are, none of them. I, I'm not. I'm not going to keep saying it because I, 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 I say it every podcast, don't I? But yeah, that is a, that is a weakness. But it's a weakness for everybody. Um, so I, I, I'm with Shelley there. I'm disappointed that it's taken this long for that sort of performance to come. Had that performance been in, and we've been doing that since Christmas, then we would not, we would not be in the position that we're in now. End of. We may have conceded more goals, but we'd have scored a hell of a lot more as well, for me. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, second goal comes from Kiefer Moore, back at Ipswich, Mick. This comes from Jordan Hugel um, on the edge of the box. And this is not the first time that he's done this, Jordan Hugel. Um one of John Hugel's weaknesses is when he gets the ball, he can't offload it quick enough. Mm. And this has always been a problem of his for while he's been at the club. And the worst place you can fail to offload it is on the 18-yard box against a team like Ipswich Town mm. with Kiefer Moore breathing down your neck. Yeah. And it's just basic stuff. It's, it's a bit like Ollie, Ollie Rathbone against Hull. It's just get rid of it. You don't mm. know who's behind you because he's, he's got his back face almost to, to, to the rest of the pitch. Just play it safe, and he didn't, and he's he's, he's done it again. I think I think you used the wrong word there. You said they can't offload it quick enough. He doesn't offload it yeah. quick enough. He can sometimes he does, but most of the time he doesn't. Um, and and that's wherever it is on the pitch. Uh, that if if I'm if I'm a coach, I'm I'm working on on that with Jordan Hugel. Get it in control, give control, give, and he doesn't. He controls it and he hangs onto it. And that's that's that is an issue for Jordan Hugel. And he, wherever he is on the pitch, uh, particularly when he's around at any eighteen-yard box, you know. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. But um, yeah, I weighed somebody out on that left-hand side. That ball would probably wouldn't have come in for keeper more to slot it home. Mm. Um, so, yeah, can you do? You're not going to. I mean, if you're going to put a ball, if if you're going to allow teams to put a ball across six yard box when they've got Kiefer Moore up from, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, of course. You're you are. because he's going to he's going to bang eight or nine out of ten of them in back at that. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the third one, Joy, almost feels the most like the most shambolic of the lot. Uh, the first time Kyoto's made a mistake for us, to be fair, so it caught him a bit of slack there, but. Um, I think we've got the goals. So this is the one where the offside was was crazy. Um, that we're not in line. And the ball comes in. Kyoso makes a mistake. But then the shot comes in. Victor's clawing at it. They're the only one trying to keep the ball out. And mm. I think Teehee's second to, to second to react are on around the penalty spot. It's just 
like you mentioned earlier, schoolboy. It's just schoolboy defending. From, it's not just one piece of schoolboy defending. It was like three or four bits of schoolboy defending. Um, and you just can't get away with that kind of thing at this level. No, no, you, you can't. And like I said earlier, it's it's the sort of typical goal that we've been letting in. It's mm-hmm. not just one person not picking up or not responding quickly enough, clearing the lines. It's the second person and sometimes the third and fourth person. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that is. I don't know what they do in training, you know, about reflexes and uh, tactics and awareness, but we obviously seem to be a yard behind everybody else in our thinking. Mm. Uh, in some case, you know, you'd be chucking your body online, wouldn't you? Mm. Apart from, you know, um, Victor being the last defence. No wonder he's the best keeper in the division. <laughs> he gets more be. You know, he's had to be, and he's still let the most goals in. So, yeah. how you know, how do you, how do you qualify that? And, you know, mm. you, you do feel sorry for Victor. But the defence, I think, has improved from Taylor's tenure. But it's, I think there's an issue as well, as we've talked about previously, about mentality and psychology as well. Mm. And I think the guys, obviously, your heads go down when something like that happens and you go in, and particularly as it was quite close to halftime, and you're going in at 3-1 instead of 2-1. I mean, I don't know what he said at halftime, but I would not I would like to, him to bottle that and reel it out at the beginning and at yeah. halftime for every match between now and the end of the season, to be brutally honest, because it mm. worked. And it I, I don't know what the answer is. Again, like you said, Kyoso... We can't fault him because he's, since he's come back into the team, he's, he's not put many feet wrong, has he? Mm. Yeah. So, but, the, you know, but then you, there's there should be another three or four guys behind him to pick it up, that slack. And that second mm. person just never seems to be there, do they? Or the third person never seems to be there. Mm. I agree. Um, before we finish on the first half, Michael Carnell says, I can I just get off of his chest how the Ipswich player didn't get a booking for what he did to Ollie and not even a talking to, but we get two yellow cards for pushing in the back. Yeah, this was Saliamento, I think, um, barging Ollie into the advertising boards. I, there's something that needs to be done about this, Mick, because this is a serious problem that is incredibly dangerous. I think it's only last season they were that non league player at Bath, was it Bath, mm. who fractured his skull when somebody got pushed into the metal. I know this. I think I suspect advertising boards are a bit safer than the metal bars, but this is a problem. This it's not an, it's not an endemic problem in football, but it's a serious problem because that could have been really really nasty for Ollie, and it looks like nothing, but it isn't because he's, he's whilst he's kicking the ball away, he's off balance, and he gets a further push which puts him further off balance, so he can't protect himself. So he mm. smashes his head into a plastic wall. It's 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 at least a book in that at least. And nine times out of ten, it is. Nine times out of ten, those bookings are given. Uh, I don't I have no. I have no comprehension, no understanding why that's not a booking. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that because it is hmm. for the very, very reasons you've just said. There, you know, he's off balance. I don't think he's even on the floor. I'm not convinced his feet. Either of his feet are on the floor when contact's made with him. Um, so, and the players made no effort to go to the ball. It's not a particularly nasty push. We don't need to be, you know. Don't need to be given the given the the situation that that Ollie Rathbone's in, so I have no understanding. Well, I do understand why it's not a booking. It's Keith Stroud in it, so that's why it's Good. not a booking. Um, no, I mean it is. So yeah. he, he's, he's he's so inconsistent and unpredictable with 
his decision making and uh, I, I don't know I've no I can't tell you why it's not a booking it is should be 100 percent other way 100 percent it's a booking yeah I just like to see it a bit more police just more strongly in general if you're pushing somebody off the pitch into the out in, into the crowd you can injure the crowd potentially yeah. there's there's other things, Joy, for me that need to be looked. Again, this has only happened once every so often, so it's not at the top of the list. You know, blue cards and stuff like that are clearly more important. Um, but for me, it's 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 it is it is very dangerous that kind of thing. Very very dangerous. Yeah, and like Mick said, nine times out of ten, that would be a yellow card. And what do we always boil this down to when we talk about refereeing? It's the lack of consistency in whatever yeah. decision making a referee is making. You see it in some games, like you say, yellow card, not yellow card. Penalty, not penalty. Handball, not handball. Nobody knows what's happening, do they? Because of the lack of consistency and the lack of decision-making or poor decision-making. And then that falls back on the PGMOL, doesn't it? And Mm. Howard and his little band of uh, fellows in the refereeing uh, officialdom to get a handle on it. It's not good enough. Not at our level, and it's uh, from my understanding, it's even worse at the lower levels. And I watch non-league, and you can, it's, it's, you know, and what happens in the league is then replicated lower down the into grassroots, and it's not good. And it doesn't encourage mm. people to want to become referees either, does it? And we've got a no. dearth of referees as well, so it's not going to encourage people to take up that role. No, it's not. Ironically, Keith Stroud put a, uh, did a YouTube video a few weeks ago with Pedro Well, saying that he thinks he could be a good example for young referees coming through the system because he's refereed so many games. <laughs> Didn't think that was a clever video for him to put out, but anyway, let's move on. That's not the last you'll hear of Keith Stroud I tonight. Say, it's not quantity, is it, Keith? It's no. quality we need. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, poor. I don't know. Whether it's Keith or the general rules, I don't like that. I didn't like it. I don't like it. It's general rules. Because yeah. the referees have been asked to make a decision based on their own opinion or their own interpretation of something. And and you, so everybody's going to have a different interpretation. So every time, how are you going to get consistency? You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. What two more goals to talk about? Three more yeah. goals to talk about. Um. The good thing about not the good thing, but what that what that what that injury really caused, Mick, was it caused the change in formation. It yes. meant Lucas came into the center of the pitch, Sarika came on, and Kios went over to the left. Now, with the hindsight glasses on, that's how we should have started because it worked an absolute treat. Um, but that's the reason we were able to gain a foothold in the second half because Kios was a very good defender with it from left or right foot. He's, 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 he's very, he seems very good defensively. Um, Sarika seems very, very solid. But it also allows an extra man in the midfield, not extra man, but a man in the midfield who was who can put the foot on the ball and and run around it as Klukas did? Mm. Uh, it was a it was as good a forty five minutes as we said a minute ago, a few minutes ago, as good a forty five minutes as we've seen probably all season from us. We were all over them from forty five to ninety three when Cafu scored. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was the best performance, best forty five minutes of the season. There's no doubt about it. And and to be fair, I don't think we particularly stepped up a gear. Um, obviously, I mean. You know, Ipswich took the foot off the gas and made us look brilliant. I would argue, I would imagine that is what some people will say, but they never, they didn't take the foot off the gas because they never got ball. So you know, it's, it, 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 it's yeah, we, we were excellent. We were excellent. 
we were we were we were solid in the press. We won every ball, every every header, virtually every second ball. Um, they didn't get a look in. They didn't get a sniff for long, long periods of that second half. And and, and I don't understand why we've not played like that more this season. I'm, I'm really struggling with it. Like Shelley said earlier on, it, it, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but we've. The, the the players could see that they can do it against a top side in this division, away from home. They can absolutely batter them for, for forty out of the forty five minutes of that second half. You know, if if as if if you if you watch that, if you take that second half in isolation and don't know where each team is in the division, then we are sitting third and they're sitting bottom. Mm. You know, if if you had to make that choice, you were told one's third, one's bottom. Which one's which? You know. So, yeah, it, it was excellent. Really pleased with it. Really, really happy with it. Mm. Uh, Nick says we would we table if we put that performance in every week, but it's too late. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the coach says the pressure's off now. Okay, kind of with we all accepting where we is that improved performances, which is yeah, yeah. Terrible, possibly possibly true as well. Um, let's move on to the goal that makes it three two. Joy, <laughs> this kind of summed up their keeper's night. To be honest with you, I thought it was a stinker all game, and I watched it a few times. Still, haven't got a clue what he thinks he's doing. Um, but all praise on Hacks. He's nice and cool and calm. And you know, I've, I've seen I've seen better players than a Dolphin lose their head a little bit and shank it, shank it wide, shank it over or whatever. Um, Hacks just stayed calm, took his chance, and put us well, put us back in the game. Well, I mean, he's done that on a few occasions, hasn't mm-hmm. he? From that sort of you know distance as well. It's at the end, edge, edge of the eighteen yard box, wasn't it? I can't remember. It's just yeah. in or out. Yeah. But I mean, he, he struck it well. I mean, and like you say, if, if you don't take your chance, you don't you know, buy a ticket for the lottery. You don't win. And you know, by doing that, the goalkeeper's got to make a save. Unfortunately, he didn't. Or fortunately, he didn't for us. And whether it's goalkeeper error, well, you could argue, you know, there was a bit of pace on it from Axe. I don't know, but it certainly put us back in the game and relatively early in that second half, mm. enough for us to continue and put in. And when that went in, I knew we would get to 3 3. And that's the first time I've felt that mm. this season. Yeah. Um, I really did feel because we were so much on the front foot, we were playing so well. We were playing as a team, not a group of individuals. It seemed that everybody was on the same page. And they were press pressing forward, and Ipswich didn't have an answer to it. And I thought we're going to get a goal. And I, I was it surprised actually. It took as long as it did for us to get mm. that third mm. goal. To be honest, yeah. yeah, I think we had quite a you know we had a few opportunities before we had the the, fine, the penalty. We got a penalty. <laughs> Omg, Omg. Yeah, I'm from Keith Stroud of all people. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I was surprised it took that long for us actually mm. to get the third because I think if we'd have got it, you know, maybe five, ten minutes earlier, I think we would have mm. possibly gone on and won mm. the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, <laughs> a Dolphin's now leading scorer this season. Uh, he's played most of the season at centre half, um, but has still found himself at the top of the list. Um, there's quite a few on three we, we tweeted out the other day, but yeah, the Golden Boot race is uh, it's warming up finally. <laughs> Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, yeah, let's skip ahead to the penalty incident. We got a penalty, like Joey says. Not only did we get a penalty for the first time of the season, we got a penalty from Keith Stroud. Mm. And not only did Keith Stroud give us a penalty, it was a pretty soft foul, pretty soft penalty, I thought. If that's given the other way, let me put it this way. I'm yet to see an angle that convinces me that that is 100% a penalty. It might be, but the angles I've seen don't convince me the way. I, 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 in, my, in my head, if you're going to get a penalty at 93rd minute, you have got to be certain that that's a penalty. And I'm not convinced I was... I, I wasn't certain, anyway. It's not a penalty, is it? No, it's only against the ball, so it's not a penalty. There's no doubt, in my mind, anyway. You know, yeah. I... Listen, you can't see what the referee can see from the angle that the referee can see it. Mm. So, you know, I, I have no issue with it being given. Um, I probably would have an issue if it were given against us, just for obvious reasons. It, you know, it's given against us. But in reality, in reality, it's not a penalty. Um, so all we need now is four more penalties that aren't penalties and four <laughs> players sending off for the opposition that shot that aren't sending off for the rest of the season and then I'll start to believe it evens itself out. Uh but now listen yeah, yeah I, I have no complaints about the referee giving it. I wouldn't have I suppose because he's given it to us but I don't think it's a penalty now. No. Um Mike Connell said he kicked him. Joy did you think again there's not been many I've seen two two angles so it's difficult to say what did you what did you think was it should it have been given? I've seen them given, like you say, I think it was soft. Yeah. But I must admit, when I was watching it in real time play at the time that it happened, I said penalty straight off. Okay. Mm. Uh, in real time, as the match was happening, I yeah. uh, as that tackle went in, I said penalty. It's like anything else. Obviously, once we get the second and third and this angle and that angle and we dissect it, we can then say it's a soft penalty or it's not a penalty. But at mm. the time, in the match itself, I said penalty. And as I said that was coming out of my mouth, <laughs> Mr. Stroud pointed to the spot and I had a heart attack. Because, you know, we've had more it. nailed on penalties than that. Oh, yeah. That have not been given this season. So, okay. and some penalties that have been given as against us have been equally as soft as that one that was given on mm. Tuesday. So, you win yeah. some, you lose some. Yeah. I like to um, It'll split opinion. It struck me of Mr. Stroud wanting to be centre of attention, to be honest. Um, but finally, Mr. Stroud being centre of attention benefited us for the once. Um, and then, <laughs> then came the penalty, Mick. 93 minutes on the clock, <laughs> the bottom of the league. <laughs> and Caffo goes, Do you know what? I'm going to penenka this. And I, I, I was sat watching on, I was stood up watching it. <laughs> penalty 
I said, I don't trust him to take this penalty. I do not trust Cafu taking this penalty. And I still don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him taking another one, mate, because they're just, <laughs> just a bottle. I just can't get my head around it. I just don't know. I loved it. I loved it and hated I, it at the same time. I thought that, definitely thought that, when I watched it from the, the, the standard view. But when you watch it from the behind-the-goal view, mm. you can see you can see the goalkeeper's gone. He's already gone. So so it's, it, it was quite a safe penalty in the end. As it turned out, um, when you, you know when you're looking at it from the player who's taking its position, and mm. um, the only thing he's got to do is is strike it with enough power just to lift it a little bit, which he, which is is a professional football. He should be able to do that with his eyes shut. Um, but the goalkeeper had already committed. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, just at the time you think, oh my god, you know what is he carrying in them shorts because they must be massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Nick says he's run he he's run up nailed it because he genuinely looked like he was gonna smash it. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Um Cafu was he just played into that Portuguese stereotype, Joy. <laughs> that just 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 typical that what I think a guy called Cafu from Portugal would take a penalty like, I think. Yeah. I agree. I mean yeah. it was him all over, wasn't it? If mm. if anybody was gonna do it. Have we ever scored a Padenka penalty? Do you reckon? I don't think so. That's the first one I can no. remember. No, I was thinking about it myself. I don't think our other players ever scored a Padenka penalty. And like you said, Mick, I thought exactly the same. He's got some big ones there <laughs> to do yeah. that in the 93rd minute. But uh, it worked mm. for all of yeah. three minutes. But it worked. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. like you guys, I was like chuckling to myself afterwards. Say, okay, yeah, well, yeah. Who else would have taken it though if Cafu hadn't have taken it? I was, I was trying to think. I'd assume Nombe. That'd have been my guess, but hmm. this isn't Rathbone being our penalty taker recently. I don't think oh, no, It's had one, Joyce. I don't know. Had one, have we? We don't know. <laughs> Last year was it Rathbone took some, didn't he? I don't know. We have to look into that. I'm not sure. What do we have last? Year? No, Hugo took him. Oh, Hugo yeah. took him, didn't yeah. he? Against, yeah, against um, West Brom and QPR, I think. Bristol City. Bristol City. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Josh Joshua Creswell thinks Barlasavus Oxford was potentially a Penenka. Let us know if it was, everybody, because we can't. I, we, can't I don't remember that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, for those, how many minutes, Mick? Look, we two minutes. Uh, well, we scored yeah. a ninety-four. They scored a ninety-five. So less, less than two minutes. Yeah. Um, somebody put in the comments a minute ago that we changed and we went for it. It wasn't, and that's why maybe something what the players should have done. They took the penalty and then went back off to kick off again. I just wish that it took a minute mm. and go celebrate in front of fans. You've you've brought it back to three-three against Ipswich. Take a minute, go and enjoy that minute with the fans, the hundred and fifty legends that went. Yeah. Go and enjoy it. Take the sting out of it from Ipswich's point of view, and then because we could have still set it back up, we were in the ascendancy at that point. I, I don't, I think, I think we rushed it, and I think yeah. that probably played into Ipswich's hands. Yeah, yeah, it probably did. It probably did. I think. I mean, that we were still going to go for it. I think. We oh, were yeah. going for it, you know. So I, I, yeah, it's it's gutting. It's disappointing. But but on the flip side of that, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. We need three points. Points are no good to us. No points are no good to us. You know, a point's as good as none. 
essentially, yeah. as we as we stand at the moment. So go for it, yeah, just go for it. And and if if what happens happens, then so be it. And and looking back at it now, so be it. You know, I don't feel any worse than I would have done, or any or marginally worse than I would have done with a point. Uh, but three would have been a, a ridiculous result. Yeah. Um, so I have no issue with them with them doing that. And yeah, all right, we could have defended it better. Good finish, I suppose. But yeah, we should have defended it better. But we were we, we were all about attack. That's all we got in our minds. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing. Disappointing, but overall, hugely, hugely positive evening. Mm. Yeah, we were all gutted, join. I think it's circumstances. You know, if we were a point adrift of survival, and that would have happened. I think we'd have all been devastated. I think devastation would have been the word. I, I, I just think we're all gutted and we're all not happy we lost the game. But we need it, like Mick says, we need if we're going to do anything, we need to win anyway. So I, I can I can absolutely forgive a bit of lax defending if you're going to be play like that for the rest of the half. To be honest with you, yeah, I I agree with you, mate. I just thought we got a bit giddy to be mm. honest because we'd come back from three one down. When have we done that? And we played so well on the front foot and yeah. It is what it is, as they say. Um, a point would have been nice, but like you say, that's no use nor ornament in the situation that we find ourselves in. But as we're focusing on here, the performance, that's what we've got to take away from that, is the performance. Mm. Gutting as it was, the performance in that second half was far and away the best thing. I, I, I felt happy to be called Joy on Tuesday. As opposed to wanting to change my name to Mona, as I have done the majority of this season. So, what can I say? We're going into QPR and we're going to get battered, aren't we now? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Ipswich Town says, Happy Am, we got three points. I thought the keeper had a very poor position for the fourth goal. He was central, no offence. Having watched this back, I got a message from a couple of a Wednesday fans and a Leeds fan sort of questioning Victor. And if you watch it back, and we're always going to defend Victor. Not that he needs it, but we're always going to defend Victor. The shots come from behind, I think, a dolphin, and it's then come through the legs of a dolphin. I think he sees it so, so late. I know what Mr. Richard saying. It's sort, of, it's sort of a near post, and the, as the saying goes, you should never get beaten by a near post. But I don't, personally, I don't think it's as simple as simple as that because of the, the obstruction eye line and, and through the legs. Um, Mick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arguably, I mean, every goalkeeper will think he should stop every goal, shouldn't he? You know, yeah. and, and and I'm sure, I'm sure Victor will be kicking himself for that. So will the defence, you know. Mm. But I think Joy was right right at the start of this when we talked about about this Ipswich goal. We needed to take this thing out of the game. We just needed to just calm it down. But we weren't going to do that. We had no intentions of doing that because we as supporters were thinking, hang on, there's three minutes left here, four yeah. minutes left. We could win this. And I think the players were in the same in the same of the same view. So, yeah, yeah, you could always argue that the goalkeeper could do better. Um, I've not watched it back, if I'm honest. Um, but, yeah, we've got to go for it. We have to go yeah. for it. We've got no choice. You know, the, 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 the possibilities of us staying up are somewhere between absolutely none at all and bugger all, you mm. know. So, even if the slimmest of slimmest opportunities presents itself to get three points on the board, then we've got to be taking it. And mm. and I don't even think it was a slim opportunity. There was an opportunity yeah. to, to do it to do it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna moan about that. 
that goal much much as I was very very disappointed by it at the time. Mm. Yeah, uh, Mister Richtown says loves the podcast. Definitely got another subscriber. Thank you, Mister Richtown. <laughs> That's another non Rotherham fan we've got. Love to have you on board. Thank you very much. Uh, Gaza says I thought he could have hatched closed him down, allowed mm. him a little bit of space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think I think all four annoyingly all four goals are avoidable. Um, yeah. But then maybe maybe it was what you're saying, saying about R three that they're they're avoidable as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. So let's talk about some, a couple of individual performances. Joy, is there anybody else you want to pick out? I'm going to pick out some, some issues potentially in a minute. But who's is is there a one man that sort of stood out head and shoulders above the rest, or was it just good everybody or bust? Well, I think everybody deserved a pat on the back. I mm-hmm. thought Hacks had the his usual high standard game. I thought Peter Kay, as I call mm. him. <laughs> Apart from his one aberration, had a good get. The old, that second half, there wasn't mm. anybody who didn't, uh, you know, put their stamp on it, including mm. uh, Cafu's Penenka. So <laughs> I was happy. Team performance. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to put. It's not. A, it's, a, it's a negative, Mick. I don't know. But I, we we have a, we have the WhatsApp group. I think Mick may know who I'm going to complain about now. Um, I'm really struggling with Hugo at the minute. I'm really, really, really struggling with Hugo at the minute. I thought at times he's ignoring the goal that he cost us. That's not enough. Um, I, I thought Eves out worked him tenfold. Uh, I thought Nombi and White when they came out, I worked him tenfold. I don't know what he brought us on that game. I, I've, we've seen him enough to know that certain certain games really suit him. But at the minute, Hugo's not bringing us anything on a positive step. And we were so much better when when White when Nombe and White came on for Eves. And that's not a dig at Eves. I thought Eves was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm just really struggling with Hugo at the minute. I'm, I'm struggling to find a a positive point to say he did this quite well. I, I thought I think it was the only one that had a really poor game. Really poor game. Yeah, it concerns me. It concerns me because he's, he's got some qualities. You know, he can score a goal and gets himself into decent positions and uh, or has done in the past. And, you know, you, you say we know what sort of games he's going to play well in. He's an ex-Norwich player playing away at Ipswich or flying high. What more would you want, mm. you know? So, and, and he just, uh, it, surely that would have fired him up. No, it didn't. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been hugely disappointing this season. That's John Hugel. Hugely disappointing. Um, I don't know whether he's disappointed in himself or whether he's just seen his time out. I don't know. It feels like he's seen his time out. I hope that's not the case. Um, he's, he's, he doesn't. He doesn't come across as being committed to the cause, you know. Um, and and much as much as as Tom Eves has, has his limitations, there's no doubt about that. Mm. He's committed, you know. Some of his pressing on on Tuesday night was 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 at the top draw as far as what you know from 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 yeah. our for our level. Um, he was quick, he was pacey, he put their defenders under all sorts of trouble, in all sorts of trouble, particularly you know sort of for well uh, in the press particularly. So Hugel's not quick enough to do that. He doesn't have the pace. He's still trying to win free kicks despite the fact we're now two-thirds of the way through the season and I don't think he's won one yet all season. He probably has. That's that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. You know, it, I'm, I'm really disappointed in him, hugely disappointed in his performances, the levels of his performances. That That's what disappoints me the most. Just it comes across as though he's not bothered and, I, and that's we can't afford that. We cannot afford that. Not when you've got players like Tom Eves on the bench who 
will put the put the work in. Mm. Sam Bombay who will put the work in. Um, you know, Charlie White who will put the work in. They should be ahead of him every time. Every time. Mm. Yeah, Gazawaza says Hugel should be fourth choice for him at the minute. Yeah, do you agree with that, Joy? Yeah, I do. I do. I think uh, Eves, since the turn of the new year, has been really consistent when he's played and he puts the effort in. Whether he mm. achieves the outcomes for the amount of effort he puts in, yeah. that's a different matter. But compared to Hugill, who just seems to be throw himself to the floor every two minutes and lumber around in the rest of the time. And like we've touched on before, joking aside, that he, his layoff of the ball is not quick enough. Mm. There's many opportunities we've missed of going forward because his layoff is is poor. He needs that extra touch, or he, he goes inside or outside when he needs to be laying it off. And even if it's just back, and he loses possession too frequently for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Andrew Lang says Hugel has another two seasons contract. Yeah, I think he signed a three and a half year deal last January, so there is two years left. But you never know when we go down and things like that. There's always Possibilities of release clauses and things like that. We don't. We obviously don't know the details of this contract, right? So, um, as we pick up, somebody asked about the concussion substitutions. My canal. Sorry, guys, but just to enlighten us why Ipswich can have a sixth sub for concussion, but still made the player um, five ten minutes. So, because Ollie came off as a as a concussion sub, that allows both teams to have six subs. Um, so, so, so we can't have six subs and not let them have six subs. That makes sense, Mick. You'll confuse. No, it doesn't make sense. No. So if make... a guy can go for concussion, you'll get an extra. I'm not saying it's not the rule. I'm just saying that the the rule doesn't make sense. Well, you got an advantage, then, aren't you? You got an advantage oh. by making an extra change. Not... Yeah, but it wouldn't have had concussion if their player hadn't pushed him into advertising audience. So why wow, come they get to benefit from it? Just I'm only asking. We got it when when um, Daniel Allen knocked out Wait Hardy at Plymouth. We yeah. we would have been allowed had we had enough players to bring six on. We would have been allowed yeah, six yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't like that, but anyway, whatever. It's, it's, it's not relevant, is it? Them's the rules. A few people yeah. mentioned, we're, going to, we're probably a bit long tonight because we've talked a lot to cover, but a few people mentioned Rinna Motor Joy. Um, he's been brilliant. And I don't know if anybody, you can convince him to come to League One, but he is uh, he's he looks better than everybody else at the minute. Well, better than most midfielders. Better than Teehee. Klukas was probably better than him, but Rinna Motor's been excellent the last two games. Yeah, I agree. He seems to have fitted in really well. And he's quite a big unit as well, isn't he? Mm. He's not a small guy. And he can, you know, he can get around the pitch as well, which is another bonus. So hats off to uh, our new uh, director of football stroke <laughs> recruitment guy for identifying him. But apparently we were after him in the summer, weren't we? So I Perhaps was so. led to believe. Mm. It's a shame we didn't get him in the summer because, he, you know, he, he has hit the ground running, as they say. Yeah, he screams Rotherham United player to me. Yeah. He screams Rotherham United. He, he, he's, just, he's just in our mould, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. 4-3, <laughs> we lost. Um, but I think we're we're not happy that we've lost. There is, you know, trying to get another stick to beat us with. Um, we're not happy we've lost, but we're happy with the performance, happy with the step forward that we've all taken. Uh, a few people asking about the concussion rule. Uh, doesn't the concussion have to be taken at the same time? No, it could be, it's just an extra sub. Uh, they don't get an extra occasion, but they get that one. Nathan um, says, I think that's why I've signed him for next season. If you can get him in League One, I tell you what, he'll have, he'll have a lovely little season in League One in morning. He'll tear mm. it up. It'll, it'll be great. 
Um, yeah, I thought um, I thought Sariki uh, had a decent game. Thought he played really well when he yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like it, was, it, it was sensible, weren't it? You often see young yeah. kids going to be reckless, a bit daft. It looked like he had his head screwed on. He knew not to go daft. I, I thought he managed his own points really well. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just to reply to Mike there. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, that's not what I said. That is not what I said. Clearly, there needs to be a substitution for concussions. Clearly, it needs to be dealt with. What I'm saying is, the, the other side shouldn't get an extra substitution based on uh, another side having to take somebody up for concussion. It's absolutely right, and and it's dealt with properly. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But I don't see why it gifts an extra substitution to the other team. That's wrong, in my view. There you go. Well, Mick. Just saying. Uh, Mick vs. Mike. Um, I, I don't I don't explain myself properly sometimes. Maybe I don't know. No. Um, anything else from the Ipswich game? We need to we sort of cut, briefly preview the QPR game. Anything else we need to touch on the Ipswich game? There's a lot, lot happened um, in that game. Anything else we've missed? I think we've covered everything. All Just seven that. goals. Um, <laughs> seven goals, a Penenka penalty included, and a penalty for us. Brill. Right. So it leaves us massively adrift at the bottom. Don't change our league position. I don't think any. Oh, Shelley says the funniest moment. Happy funny moment. I'm I'm my brain space is all taken up by that penalty. I'm not gonna lie. But I just can't think of anything else other than the penalty. Um I thought I thought on the night I thought oh, I'll find something that's no, just it was just just crazy. Um I think what made me smile is the fans. 150 fans that were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, four-hour trip on a Tuesday night when you're bottom of the league on 19 points on a club record, winless away record against the fourth in the league. Just legends. Every single one of you, absolute legends. Um, I can't think of any other funny moments, guys, from the from the game. Anything else that stands out that made you chuckle, smile? No, that penalty just just did it all for me. <laughs> when we scored the Eves goal, yeah, I was watching at home when I scored the Eves goal. I picked my little girl up and threw her around a little bit, and she thought it was the best thing ever. She comes, <laughs> it's the little one that doesn't doesn't watch football. She comes and sat next to me. I think she was hoping we'd score again. So I did the same, <laughs> but she went, she had gone to bed by the by the, by the uh, second and third one. Joy, anything else that made you uh, made you laugh? Well, a sort of a wry smile when their fourth goal went in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If that makes yeah. it the funniest moment uh, criteria. Yeah. I enjoyed Sean right Morrison like, laying on top of Victor for an unnecessary <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Way says, Phil says, oh, scoring three goals, that made him laugh. Uh, yeah. Powermed, this is a weekly one, Powermed. Powermed, play, also playing despite him not wanting to play makes him smile, I think, every week. <laughs> Josh Cresswell says, Keith Stroud giving us a penalty. Uh, Kelly for Bobs was trying to watch Parkgate live whilst watching on, on his iPad. Love the effort for that. Uh, Shelley says, for me, it was when Sean Morrison passed the ball upfield uh, forward and in the 77th minute, because his nickname Sean backwards and forwards Morrison. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, same again for QPR. Find, remember your funny, happy moments um, for the QPR. Let's move, let's, we've got an hour already. We're probably going to like to go a bit long. We'll, have a quick preview. Holly asks why Humphreys didn't start, Mick. I suspect it's a minutes manager. This he's come from a quite a serious hamstring injury. Um, and we were better when he came on, un, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, him and him and Hacks for, for Saturday, it's got to be him and Hacks. 
because they both allow they both can step out. Hacks has learned mm. to step out now. Humphreys can step out, and it just gives you extra, it essentially gives you extra man in midfield occasionally. Yeah. And it, it's it's just a, such a if you can get that right, that's such a weapon. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It'll start on Saturday. Uh, I think that's probably what was in Liam Richards Liam Richardson's thinking. You know, away at Ipswich on a two on a cold Tuesday night is not a game that you you expect to get anything out of. Not a game that you expect to win. Uh, Ipswich aren't our battle, are they? Um, you know, away at QPR is a different matter altogether, uh, and you'll be looking out. I suspect strengthen that team uh, from the from the one that started um, on Tuesday night. Um, if he could get anywhere near the level of performance for the throw the team that finished, mm. uh, where well, hey, we should be, uh, you might be shaving that beard up on Sunday. Oh, please, please, it's time, <laughs> it's time to shave. Um, <laughs> my class has where is Revan? There's been no pre match presser as far as I've seen, um, mm. so I don't know. That's not great because Kyosa was good at left wing back, Joy. But it's it's not because he's not a natural. He's going to cause problems, um, and having Revan and Black and and Bramall injured, sorry, it just it's just potentially going to cause a bit of a a balance issue. Yeah, and Revan's not been playing too badly either, has mm. he? So, yeah. and I didn't see anything pre-match either. Did, did he get nope. injured in the warm up or anything? No, I've no. not seen anything at all about his injury, about whatever it is. Mm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he is in the squad on Saturday. So do, he does add more balance, yeah. I think. Mm. Yeah, the, I don't know if the Liam Richard doesn't like doing pre-match press conferences, but there wasn't one pre-Ipswich. There hasn't been one yet for pre-QPR. I'm sure there will be one tomorrow. Um, Richard asked about Ollie. Now, again, this is something we have to wait for Liam Richard to confirm. If he is, um, if it is ruled as concussion, there is a protocol in place. I think it varies based on the severity of your concussion, but if he ha- if he is concussed, he will be out of Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously, Liam Richardson will confirm that um, tomorrow. Tomorrow, probably. Uh, if not, we'll find out Saturday, uh, as you'd expect. Um, Holly in the comments says, "If Lindsay doesn't play, she's going to lose the marbles." Um, James is his biggest fan there. The midfield that finished, Mick. Was it the midfield that finished? Tihi, Rinomoto, and Klukas. I don't know if that's what finished, but that is the midfield three for me. Uh, mm. That's got to be the midfield three for Saturday, I thought. They, they've all give you something different, which I like. I mean, T, I think T's gone off the boil, to be honest with you. I think he's struggled recently, but it still gives you something else. Uh, mm. So for me, it's those those three should be in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Um, and, and possibly, arguably, Capo in there as well, um, yeah. which is which is the way, we, the, the way that we finished. Uh, yeah, I, 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 but as close to the team that finished that 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 half, that uh, second half as as possible for me. Um, you know, I think I keep Eves in. Obviously, he wasn't in that finishing eleven, but uh, Eves and Nombe probably would start for me. Um, yeah. And uh, other than that, Sariki, I will keep. Yeah. I will keep him there, assuming that uh, Seb Revan's not fit. Um, we 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 have to assume that I think because we weren't even on the he wasn't even on the bench was he so, no. um, but I don't know if if Revan's fit then you have Kiosa at, at right to right wing back and Revan at left, mm. um, uh, but yeah well it just depends on injuries, uh, but yeah. Revan out Sariki in for me, um, mm. swap PK over onto that that left hand side. Mm. 
I completely agree. I think that's the only question for me, Joy, is the two. Non-Bay comes, for me, if Non-Bay comes back in, that's that's Non-Bay for Hugo. I don't think, for me, that's not for debate. Uh, the question then becomes, why can Non-Bay have worked quite well together, but Eves, Eves earned another start for me. So for me, for me, it would be, I agree, we make Non-Bay and Eves to start. I don't have a problem with that myself either. I think either way it starts, if it's Wyke and Nombe, yeah. that yeah. Eves is going to get a run out at some point anyway during the game, I would imagine. Mm. So I think it's it depends on how Liam Richardson sees the game, how he wants to start the game, more to the point how he wants to finish the game, dependent mm. on how it pans mm. out. John S. says, I can't believe it. I'm saying Eve's in. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought like three months ago we'd be saying Eve's has got to start? We just we wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't believe it, would you? Um in the context of the season, Mick, it's not a massive game because the season's basically done for us. Mm. But in the context of what we want to see and what we want to see potentially from Liam Richardson's teams going forward, it is a very big game. Because if we go back to the Watford performance. And it's mm. drab and boring and a stoke performance or whatever else. That would be a real step backwards for me. I I, I I want to see a similar type performance against a team that aren't as good as Ipswich. And for me, you've got a chance. You've got a real chance of picking up three. I'm not saying we're gonna, but we've got a real chance. Yeah, absolutely. Get at them. Yeah. Get at them the way we got at Ipswich. And if you get at QPR the way we got at Ipswich, we will win that game. Mm. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that. You know, it's it. It's not that simple, clearly. But no. you know, get that press going, maintain possession of the ball like we did against Ipswich, win those second balls, and 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 the game is ours for the taking, hmm. because they are like us, hugely, hugely lacking in confidence. Yeah. Um. And 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 to be fair, probably ability as well, with the exception of one or two players. Um. So. I, I suspect behind the scenes at QPR, they, the, the, the sort of hierarchy wouldn't be massively bothered about going down because they've got their financial issues and that would allow them to reset in League One and, and, and kick on again. So I don't think it'd be a, you know, a, a huge problem. Clearly, they don't want to go down. I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that they do. Um, but, you know, we need to be getting out. We really, really do. And if we, if we, if we can get an early goal like we did on on Tuesday, yeah, then it will be a different game. It'll be a, certainly be a different game to uh, to Tuesday night. So mm. yeah, let's get at them. Let's get at them. Don't give them a minute on the ball, um, and 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 attack them. Get the ball yeah. in the box, and we've got it. Yeah, we've got four more games before an international break. Another international break. Um, QPR away, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, sorry, five more games. QPR away, Sheffield Wednesday at home, Coventry away, Norwich away, and Huddersfield at home. Um, there's points to be won in there. <laughs> there's some points mm. to be won. Um, if you check out the scout report we spoke to Ben from the W12 podcast, he'll tell you a bit more about um, about QPR. I forgot we're playing. Uh, QPR. Um, but by all accounts, Joe, there are a footballing team. So for Entes, who's coming, is, is a sort of, he likes the ball on the deck. And that's that's going to suit us, isn't it? That's going to suit us doing that because the Ipswich tried doing it, and Ipswich are a better team than QPR, and Ipswich couldn't do it against us. So if they're going to try and play out from the back, that could beautifully play into our hands. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that Tuesday's second half is not and yet another false dawn 
we've had yeah. a few of these this season. And I went to Watford post the previous one of the other previous false dawns, thinking that we'd got a chance at Watford and look what happened there. So yeah. I'm going, I'm gonna go and enjoy myself and I'm gonna hope wish and hope for three points and again another good performance. I mean, they have got some skillful players. I don't know what their injury lists are at at the moment because they've still got Chair, haven't they? They've got mm. Willock, and you know they've, yeah. they've got some good players. But obviously, they're not able to do it consistently. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the position that they are in. But having said that, they have been picking up points, haven't they, here and there? Yeah. Uh, and they're they're becoming more difficult to beat. So. I think if Liam Richardson is going to make a mark, this is. The time to do it in the follow-up to that second half to Ipswich, and hopefully mm-hmm. we can see uh, a Liam Richardson team how it's going to look like in the future. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be my hope, and I'm hoping it's positive and not negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree, completely agree. Um, positive. Let's see. We all want to win, but again, it's about seeing that performance. If we lose four three again in a similar kind of performance, I, I, we could all probably accept it again. Because we can see there's a path moving forward. Um, but we're all desperate for that away win, particularly me, desperate for that away win. Um, so I can have a shave. Uh, let's go through some predictions. Mick, 2 1. No, I don't know. You see, I changed my prediction, didn't I? I changed my prediction for, uh, yeah. for the Ipswich game. Yeah, I said 1 0. That's a 1 0 rather than win. I couldn't have been further from truth. I only <laughs> six goals out. Um, <laughs> So um, I, I'm 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 sticking. I'm I'm going for a, a clean sheet for Victor. One nil. I'm going to go for three nil Rotherham. Hell, based on the fact that we're going to continue that second half from Ipswich, that's what I'm basing it on. Right, and if we don't, then if we don't, then we're, we're still due. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joey, what do you reckon? I'm going to sort of follow in mixed wake here, but I'm going to be a little bit more conservative and say 2-1 to the Millers. 2-1. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Let's go for a draw. Um, it'd be I'm difficult. Don't I'm, worry, gonna con- I'm hoping I'm going to continue my run of correct guessings here. You've had a, you're, you're second in the athlete table, Joy. <laughs> I've only been yeah. on about three times. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Mick keeps picking us to win. Uh, so he's, he's never going to get it. Um, but it'd be typical Rotherham to put, have that performance and then go lose. Like 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 the earlier when a Watford yeah. result in the season, they were typical Rotherham to get spanked Saturday. Um, but hopefully not. We've got comments. We will go. YouTube says 3 1 to us. Martin Holland says 1 0. So does Harry. Jonas says 3 1, but he's not sure who to. Kelly <laughs> Bob says 2 0 to the Millers, as does Richard. Uh, 2 1 says Josh. Uh, Shelley says the first win away. First away win of the season, and the season is still alive. That is very positive of you, Shirley, to say it's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we beat Wednesday next week after, and it goes back into single digits, then we might start believing. But that's a long, that's a long, long way away. Um, yeah. Prime says three two to us. Michael Carnell says two one, but to who though? He doesn't know either. Scott Kent says two one to the Millers or three nil to QPR. Yeah, I could see, you could see that's got to be honest yeah. with you. One more, it's a one to me, one way or the other. Kind of performance. Yeah. Safe travels to those who you are making the trip down to London. I'm sure more are after Tuesday's performances, performance, which is good to see. Um, well, I think we're all happy. The more, more the merrier. More the Millers, merrier. Don't know. I got that wrong. 
there's, there's something I'll work out. Um, anything else we need to touch on, guys? Because we've gone well long tonight. No, not for me. Cool. Just to Thank say you that all. You're, all, you're all welcome to come and join the London Millers in the Crown and Scepter on Molina Road, W12, pre-match. I'll see you there. Uh, <laughs> Mine Holland, referee, Matthew Donoghue is the referee. Uh, never good when you recognise the name. Um, he he hasn't refereed for a little while. The famous one is that he, in COVID, he didn't give the handball again at Swansea away, the handball on the line. He didn't give that. Um, but I think we all sadly remember it. So to thank you all for being with us. We'll leave you on that sour note. Uh, Richard <laughs> says, thank you, guys. Great focus. Thank you, everybody. Um, thank you all for tuned in. I know we all don't agree on the same sort of things, especially the start of the show. Um, but thank you, everybody who has tuned in. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you all Sunday, back Sunday evening, um, to review a QPR. And then it's the derby next week. It's not a derby next Saturday. Sorry. Um Mick, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh it's been, been good fun. You're welcome. Good. And thank you very much, Joy. It's been a very good one. And hopefully we can get three more points. Well, three points. Yeah, enjoyed <laughs> it. See you Saturday. See you Saturday, guys. See you We'll see you next time. And as always, up the millers. Up the millers. Yeah. Up the millers. It's a wild pass through a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolfi. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! Adolfi! Secured their championship.